0: live from the heart of gold this is derailed trains of thought hello welcome to derrrell trains of thought episode 39 was over the hill. <laughs> we are getting over <laughs> the
1: hill. Hey, I just had a birthday, so don't be talking about
0: that. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> I'm going to have a birthday. And I'm older than you are, so um, hello. We're back um, with your premier storytelling podcast, or podcast about storytelling. Technically, we don't actually tell stories on here very often.
1: No, not as often as we probably should. Well,
0: it would be a good idea occasionally. Yeah, but, yeah. Um. So, so,
1: where are we? What is this place? Then? Well,
0: all I see right now is we got a, like a million monkeys typing out Hamlet on typewriters.
1: That seems very unlikely. It does seem very
0: unlikely, but it's uh, more likely than you would think here on the Heart of Gold. On the Heart of Gold. It's, yeah. a,
1: it's a very – now, is, I, 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 it's very strangely
0: <laughs> asking what the description of this ship is because I'm standing in it,
1: obviously. Well, it is, keeps
0: changing as we're watching. So is the, is
1: the whole thing made of gold?
0: No, well, it might be for a second or two, but oh, okay. just when it I was goes say, online, it doesn't look like gold right now. No, I mean when they when they in, when they engage in probability drive, um, anything can happen. Okay, that's why it keeps changing from like pink to fuchsia mm, to yeah. green to, to polka dot plaid and yeah, polka dot. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean that's 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 the best of the changes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean the one time my arms were molasses that was kind of interesting, but like literally not like figuratively. Well,
1: Okay, well we, be, we we better get through this before we get turned into some. Yeah, luckily, we're we're, we're
0: we're we're in real space right now, just I'm chilling. So, and okay. I have my towel, so we're set. And so. you know,
1: I think we just heard the uh, the uh, project update, jingle.
0: <laughs> I forgot about that again. Oh,
1: Tim, <laughs> it's not your fault. It's a Dry's fault. So. And that's true. It is a Dry's fault. Anyway, let's do, go into story school. Here.
0: Darn that improbability drive. <laughs> so, re- real quick, before I forget, I wanted to also mention that we are also derailed trains of scheduling. <laughs> because we said, I think we've promised once or twice or n- numerous times to try to be every other, thir- or once a month on Thursday. Yes. And this, here here case, it is Monday. Unless again. you're actually with us on this ship, it's probably not Thursday. Thursday. It is occasionally here, but... Yeah,
1: well, if you're listening live, that is We may have this out by Thursday. Yeah, so then you Would be listening on Thursday. Ah, see,
0: that's how we will get around it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So our topic today. Yeah, is, you better set this up because this is your idea. Yeah, this was my idea, and it's kind of it's, confusing to start. I, I with. I claim no responsibility. So if you hate it, um, it's Nick's fault. It's my fault. Yes. yes. So, anyways, I was. I guess I'll, I'll title it "Drama Logic Versus" or "Versus Just Normal Logic." Okay. Like story logic versus normal logic.
1: I kind of feel like this is going to be like a, a blended mix of some of our previous topics. Wait, I'm trying but. to keep it
0: separate. And I, I guess <laughs> here's here's my thought. Uh, this We wanted to distinguish this from like, hmm. Okay, let me just give you an example. That's going to be the best the best way. <laughs> and these are on continuum. I had it all in my head before we started podcasting. So, for instance, I was watching the show Revolution, which I don't know if anyone else, else watches on, but I, I still watch it. And they have the, the American patriots are kind of the bad guys. And um, they're in Texas right now. And our main characters are trying to get away from the patriots and foil the patriots and all this other stuff. And it turns out two or three times the last couple episodes, someone close to them is suddenly like secretly a patriot with like no warning whatsoever. Mm. And it makes great like, oh, that's interesting. You know, twist. People love twists on TV now. You know.
1: Out of curiosity, because yeah. I haven't watched the show in quite a while, were these characters that had been on
0: the show since the beginning? No. Or in this case, no. On. One of them okay. had been on... Well, both of them been on since the beginning of the season. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's not like a full 360. It's not like, say, you have main characters, you've been running on a three seasons, and suddenly they're Cylons for no good reason. But... Um, <laughs> which has which, happened. Which has happened. <laughs> uh, and I guess here's my thing. I... Within story context, twists are great, surprises are great, even stretching of logic for the sake of not being realistic, which we've talked about previously. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think, and I could be wrong, more and more drama logic, story logic trumps normal logic. That as long as it makes good conflict, you don't have to worry about the details. And I think there are dangers going too far with that idea. Granted, I understand—you know—you make a half-hour show; you want everything to be as dramatic as possible. You're compressing it. I guess I wanted to talk about—you know—the dangers or the—you know—of everyone's watched a show or read a book when you're just like, "What? Not like a good what? Not like a—you know—when there's a bad twist. When like... there's a bad twist, or or even like you didn't see there. There was no setup, and I think that's what it comes down to sometimes. Um, the Cylon one, I'll, just so you know, if you watch Battlestar Galactica, I like to pick on it. I mean, it's a very good show, and I like to pick <laughs> as, on it.
1: As, as much as we tried to defend Lost on this episode, on this sh- uh, podcast, Nick probably tries to uh, nitpick Battlestar Galactica <laughs> just about as much. Here, I
0: guess, honestly, here's the reason it comes up so often. Because it's probably I don't watch a lot of TV shows, so I don't have a... Not as much to say your brother. N- not as much to say my brother, that's true. And also, it was one of the shows I watched all the way through and was a really... Good show and annoyed me because there were these things I felt like, why did you do that? Hmm. You know, because normally if a show does that, I don't watch it, you ah, know, <laughs> right? Um, it, you had been following it going with it long yeah. enough that and there was real... and there was a lot of good stuff about it, so yeah. Um, but you know, there's all there's like 12 Cylon types models, and they, you know, for like I think it's end of season three, they'd still not found we'd seen like seven of them, and suddenly. five, well, four, I don't remember, four or five of our main characters and a couple minor characters ended up being Cylons. They just discovered it themselves. They didn't know it. I think why the show can pull it off and why it's not like one of those things everyone just throws down and say, this is dumb, is because the show was always examining sort of the, what it means to be human and this sort of, are we all, I mean, I think the the sense that no one could even have possibly have guessed it was part of the reason people accept it because that's kind of, the sort of thing they were examining, because people are unpredictable, or or, and... or just yeah, just. Yeah. But on another end, you could say, but sure, there have been some hint, you know. But so it ends up being the Cylons are basically human, except the robots, and then they have all these fights about them being robots instead of Cylons, and it's like you're the same thing, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it came off to to me. Yeah. Um, and so I guess it comes off to you know, how far you know, what is the as, a, say, a storyteller as opposed to a viewer, how far can you get away with throwing things in there that are like, you know, you throw them because, oh, that sounds like a good idea at the time. And it happens probably more on TV because they run it faster. I mean, yeah. a novel, you don't do it as often. Or
1: con- continuing stories. Continuing stories. Cereals. Yeah, you like, you know, yeah, yeah, you
0: have to keep it exciting. You know, soap operas do it, you know. Oh, what? You have an evil twin? <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that idea. Yeah. You know, that once you get past the initial shock of, that's ridiculous, that makes good story. Yeah. But is it worth doing those initial su- shocks, you know, pulling the person out of the call? You know, it like is. even even our, you know, we always like Bible on five, and was J. Michael Straczynski. I I always thought it was particularly strange. Everyone wants to do something kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Um, Lockley, having been married to Sheridan, I always thought like, what? <laughs> We've seen Sheridan for like four seasons. He's always talking about, you know, I guess yeah. there's no reason he would have mentioned it. But it still seems a little, like, you just wrote that in there. <laughs> and Zach and I, when we were talking about the revolution thing, yeah. we're always, we were like, we feel like they wrote that in right then because mm. it sounded good. It doesn't feel like
1: it was set up. Well, I kind of feel like, and this may just be me defending J. Michael yeah. a lot, but... I kind of feel like any time that happened on Babylon Five, it was usually out something that happened outside of his control that happened. Like with, because with Lockley, you could say he hadn't really even a plan to need Lockley originally. She was written in because Ivanova wasn't in the last season.
0: No, and I and I and I get, and that's the thing. This is what I'm. To- I guess I'm. I brought this subject up because I'm kind of torn about it because it makes sense to you can defend any of these things. Oh yeah. Um. Well, like, we were just talking before we started recording about
1: the recent twist that was introduced in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Which, if you're know, if you not watching and you don't want to spoil it, this is a big one. But, so, you know, we were talking earlier, like, last episode about Peter Pan. And then they just they just revealed that Peter Pan was actually Rumpelstiltskin's father that had been, like, converted to be a kid again. yeah. And it was, okay, so on one hand, it, it totally makes sense in the sense that Rumpel was basically following the pattern of his father's mistakes you know sins of your father and all that kind of stuff but on the other hand it it just makes the overcomplicated family tree of once upon a time all that more ridiculous
0: and soap opera honestly it does everything have to be connected back now the thing with that one you know and you know and this is on the continuum that i would argue it feels less egregious of a of a connection because they you could tell that they've there are clues that they had meant to do it all along. Yeah, they really were. I mean, like, as as ridiculous as it was, on the other hand, it also made complete sense. Yes. Which is kind of the conundrum about the well, whole thing. And, and that's the thing. You're right. With uh, with Babylon 5 and Lockley, she comes in fifth season because one of the other main characters leaves. And my, J. Michael always had a... trapdoor door plan. Trap doors. And bringing her in made good sense. And I get you want drama there. I don't know why you had to do that particular... Why do you have, to have is, that kind of connection? That, that particular connection.
1: It does seem like you have the potential to be especially um, contrived in a sense. If there's, if there has to be a previous connection to, especially yeah. a family
0: one. Especially all, the the biggest one of the revolution. There was a friend who portrayed her, and it was like you just did that for, so you have something to do with this episode. And okay, and then the next, like honestly, like the next episode, or maybe two episodes later, the one the main character's dad's working for the Patriots, which then the next, the episode after they do a flashback and it makes perfect sense, but the flashback happens after the fact before Mm. you're here's what I I feel like. And when I brought this up to Tim, Tim's like, you know, a lot of people are going to think loss was just made up and you know, (laughs) which okay. But here's, I guess, here's my thing. Loss answers questions or not, (laughs) um, (laughs) that you were asking, that mm-hmm. they had purposely brought up, they didn't answer all of them, or, or, or people wouldn't be so mad. But, but they would give a flashback that was a surprising, but you had expected. Okay, how did Ben become this way? There must have been something interesting. Yeah, I wasn't asking what's up with her dad. There was no. Oh, I. There see. was no hints of like something's weird going on. You know, too little scenes previously. You know, in some other episodes, and I would bought it. Right, just you a know. little bit of foreshadowing. just just a little, yeah. I'll buy because I know you don't want to give it away, and but as long as I'm asking the question,
1: well, and I guess the sense of of continuity is important there too, the foreshadowing, because like you don't you don't always want foreshadowing to feel like, hey, this is foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it's it's important that the story feels like it's you know it's continuing. You're, you're creating a fictional yeah. time um, line, basically. Yeah. And if, if something that happens that fits in, that is similar or, you know, that relates to something that was previously established in mm-hmm. your timeline, then,
0: you know, it, it feels real. It feels yeah. uh, continuous. And, and I think I think my problem here was just it felt continuous once we saw the flashback. We saw the flashback after the twist. Mm. And you felt like... You're patching things up. You're patching... And maybe they weren't. Maybe they'd always planned it. But yeah. it felt like they were patching things up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't... I think maybe that's the real... Problem with it that that feel that because here's the thing you know that the uh, offs gun, okay.
1: You yeah. know you put
0: the gun on the wall and you go uh, I get shot off by act three or whatever. Right. This is a uh, this is a delicate balancing stories I think that stories people expect everything in the story to have a use, mm-hmm. but they don't want to know and easily connect the use too early or too late or too much.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's a very good point. And,
0: you know that's sort of thing with Stiltskin's dad. Mm-hmm. The connections are almost. Too much now. Yeah. Right. You know. Or um, Thor, the Dark World. Okay. Mm-hmm. It didn't bother me much, but I I, I, I stood out very strongly that they they had the whole thing. They're on this planet. They had fought off the bad guy, and Loki had perished or not. And um, they walk into a cave, and immediately, phone rings, and they're exactly in the one spot in the entire universe where this, like, riff in space exists. <laughs> And grant, okay, they set up the Riffin space previously. That's good, right. and they've set up this boy who would call her previously, which is good. Yeah. But of all the play, you know, of all the gin joints in all the world, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it that's where the convenience of moving the story along f- felt very thin.
1: Right. And I could certainly see that. I don't know that I thought of it when I saw I it. In a I don't normally think like that, but for some reason, I did, and I don't my mind was just thinking like that I, I guess for me the reason why I didn't think well I, I guess I didn't think about it necessarily at that point um well maybe I did a little I forget now. <laughs> but you know there's because it did sort of establish that it's all around Britain although I guess I don't know how you how you you rationalize it that they happen to I guess I guess my thinking was that all these rifts probably con- congregate around the same place or, si- or well, similar
0: area No, I mean I know. That makes sense. It's, it's one of those things that, again, like, two lines might have fixed. Right. <laughs> you know, just like, this is the, you know, this is where the old, the battle for, you know, the we had met for the battle the first 1,000 years ago, and so...
1: Well, and honestly, everyone knows that all, like... All connections to you know other planets, outside worlds, go through Britain anyway. Well, Doctor Who is
0: a pretty well established. Well, that. <laughs> and the, you know the Britain half doesn't bother me. It's the alien half that bothered me. Yeah. Because we knew it, they were all in Britain. I was fine with that. You tell yeah. me, you know, here's the thing: the story. You tell me, you know, rift will open up wherever you walk. Well, I'll buy it well, because it's Thor. Well, what I mean is, like, they they were
1: probably pretty close to that. Wherever they went to the Dark World from Asgard, wherever that rift was, might have been also close to the rift that led to Britain is when it...
0: Oh, maybe. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. Okay, I'd... but and And I, I love the end of them riffing and going in and out the walls yeah, the portals. remark remarkably convenient use of the portal. <laughs> I mean, they, everyone comes up right where they need to and they don't yeah. you know airplanes don't get lost in other plans for thousands of years or anything like that, which none of them like show up in like in the middle of the sky or something. And that's where that's where you're getting nitpicky. I mean that's yeah, yeah, you're playing story logic, but again, continuum, some people probably watch that who are very logical minded. I don't think that's fair for a movie like Thor. No, but, it, but that one yeah. scene was just like it rubbed a little thin. I think that's you know, you know what too little butter and too much bread. Yeah. In from uh, you don't want that mm-hmm. as much as possible. Right. It, and it's hard, especially in a movie where you want everything to have a purpose and you want things to move as quick as possible. You don't want to see people traveling or trying you know trying desperately to get home if that's not the point of your movie. Right,
1: so. In terms of using dramatic conventions, you're not just talking about setting
0: up a twist here. You're also no. talking about the uh, twists are the most obvious ones where I've seen it lately. I guess. Right. But yeah, any anything that where you're you're personally shortcutting logic, you know, because it's what happens in stories. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't like we said in the previous podcast. We're not trying to be realistic in a non-realistic right. story. And and you
1: can't worry. Sometimes you can't worry too much about about cliches and, and yeah. originality because, you know, that's worrying about that stuff just gets in the way of the story you're trying to tell. Well, was interesting.
0: Um Wheel of Time, just to bring that up randomly.
1: The, uh, the series that you keep talking about I, I, that know, no one I do. Has read. I
0: know. Because <laughs> because like I like my T V series, I there's there's some things I've fully invested in and those I talk most about and other ones you know I don't know. And fourteen books give me a lot to talk about. That's true. That's so, true. But there's a thing called Tav Taverin, I won't say all the names right. But these th- the, your three main characters, they warp the pattern of the world around themselves, which is an excuse for coincidences to happen around them.
2: Ooh, interesting. So
0: it helps – you expect it, and it's cool when it happens, and it helps the author, pro you know, c- get people into places that they wouldn't necessarily logically be able to get to. Hmm. You know, things happen – like an improbability drive, yeah. You know, I was just, just thinking very similar. Exactly. It's like a built-in one. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's certainly limits. He doesn't abuse it that I've know that I noticed when I read through it the first time. But you know, set up things like that, people buy it. You know, you're, you're just lucky or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have a point with all this. I just think, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it is a very fine line. And, it um... is, and I think, and as writers, I think um, there was a scene in uh, that this. I was thinking about this. Uh, our friend Greg, who was. Listen podcast I was reading a script for his um masters yes right? MFA and, yeah so anyways I was there was one scene that I thought look this scene this, you know could possibly do stretch the lines of probability a little bit if you could just two lines would fix it mm-hmm. you know because as a writer you, there's you, you know where you're going you know where you want to get to and you don't want to deal with all the in-betweens and mm-hmm. you find ways to get around it and it makes sense to your head but you have the whole world in your head yeah and you're moving the world around. Well, and a lot of times... And having outside, uh, an honest, oh, slightly yeah. s- skeptical person saying, really? You yeah. know, <laughs> Yeah. No, I, and that, when I read Greg's script, I had a couple little things like that, too. I mean, he, it was a great script. Oh, no, it was a fabulous... And I'm not saying anything. I really enjoyed it. And uh, but, there's but, stuff you can do in my stories that you're like, you know, Natasha would be like how would this work you know like, <laughs> oh yeah she has a yeah. lot of those notes because natasha's our main editor for children for children of the wells my wife is very logical her mind's very logical and she'll make the connections and, when she needs to on that sort of stuff and she yeah she's very good about that sort of thing and
1: speaking of children of the wells hopefully like if you've been reading it here's a little plug in to kind of you know join the wells.com so if you haven't go ahead and start but you know We've got kind of a big change in the works for the world of Children of the Wells. Yeah. and I'm not gonna say when it's gonna happen. But if you're, you know, if you read certain sections, we knew it was gonna be a big shift that w- that we needed to have some foreshadowing. And we've been for trying it. to, yeah, set that up. Yeah, well, a- a- except without necessarily, sh- you know, no telegraphing that we're yeah. setting it up. Yeah. yeah, you
0: you want things the best is when you can look back and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, when I wrote Selects Bodyguard. I remember thinking at the end that I wasn't sure people were going to buy it when, uh, Bron, there was those steps to take him down into the well. Mm -hmm. And it was a very, I felt like it was a very thin line between just being coincidental to help me get him down, which it kind of was Mm -hmm. from a writing point of view and not. And how I worked it out in my head, and I think it worked, but no one complained yet, is that there's some talk about, you know, faith and you're meant to be, you know, this sort of like miracle sort of talk going on okay. and is almost a a setup for the last scene from Clea's point of view and i figure there are things in the world that would make sense Clea talks about you know stuff and yeah. but I, clea I felt, always has a scientific explanation and, for and everything I, but anyway i felt that scene was getting dangerously close to being convenient too convenient yeah you know. and it may have been and i think that's why as writers you know we you know the middle the middle of any story is a pain in the butt <laughs> yeah and that's what you you like I have this cool scene here that starts to drama. this cool scene where I want it to end and I gotta get through this and I don't want to lose tension mm-hmm. so you you know you we find ways to to compress it and sometimes compressions are show the story show the working of the story too much
1: yeah and well, like I remember you said in one of our discussions sometimes people don't want to be able to see you pulling the strings yeah. they want to feel like it's all organic Yeah. now
0: i mean granted when you're you know when you're studying as an english major you'll see the strings being pulled but you shouldn't be able to see it otherwise right yeah
1: and then well yeah and that's always tricky for the people who have had that education yeah to not go ruin it for everyone yeah, else. yeah exactly <laughs>
0: exactly and you can ruin it, you know you can you can still play the english professor sometime too but yeah so, yeah, I guess it was more of a – just a – I wanted to kind of talk it out. And I think really foreshadowing is always the best, even a little bit. Mm-hmm. just Or or making sure that people are asking the questions. Right. That you're – even, even if they don't know they're asking it consciously, that there's a space set up for them for this thing to fit in.
1: Right. And like in, in Children of the Wells, I mean, like I said, we didn't want to telegraph that we were foreshadowing – but now, actually, I think this week, aren't we in like chapter three? Yeah, of that is isn't getting change? much more. Blunt Where someone actually starts talking about it. Talking about something. Yeah.
0: So, again, Read Children of the world. actually really
1: good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and
0: you can download them if you don't like to read them on the web. So. Yeah. Sorry, unfortunately, we don't have audio
1: versions of them. No, we should or, some one day. Maybe. Maybe. If uh, we have some
0: voiceover people yeah, that'd be awesome. that also listen cool. to us. Yeah. yeah. Or we just really just need one narrator. Yeah. For each one. Well, we need a guy and a girl, that's... probably, because we yeah. have different points of view.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: If selects Bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, and some of the other ones would be helpful. That like, would help. it would be nice if, like, my new one, Will's Orphan, was not. Um, read by a guy. Read by a guy, <laughs> what they <laughs> once said. No, that's this true. This first person from Kalia's point of view. And that was another one where there's another scene where it's like, is this too convenient?
2: <laughs> you know, because
0: it, it, it is a struggle. I mean, I don't want to blame writers for making it convenient because it's you want to just hit the high point. Well,
1: it is kind of funny that, you know, there's um there is sort of a tendency to think right these times that if some things are going too well for your heroes and something's wrong. Yeah. like something terrible is about to happen. And and I was struggling with that with I guess I'll go ahead and make an announcement here. I am actually working on a book for children of the wells and I was working on an outline recently mm. and it's overall a pretty, you know, it's a, it's a more upbeat book yeah. than some of the others in the series. <laughs> but then I started wondering, well, is that bad? <laughs> did, did I, did I, am I making things too easy for them? And I don't think it
0: will be, but, I mean, it will it'll be a lighter, lighter well, yeah. rock, I think. It, yeah, and it's always, you know, the style you've set up. You know, yes, and I won't add to that. <laughs> but I know there's these two characters meet in my novel um, – and it's kind of coincidental that they meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I kind of have them talk about that because there is sort of this underlying theme again with Kalia of this, like, she's like, what's my purpose? And there's other people trying to talk about God and all this other stuff. So I try to play it into that. And actually, and he says, the guy who she meet, he's like, I go here all the time. You're the one out of place. And you know how she got there. So I, we'll see if it works. We'll see what my wife says. So <laughs> See what your editor has to see say. See what my then. editor has to say. Exactly. <laughs> so,
1: well, I hope I don't know if we came to a resolution no.
0: there. Aside from foreshadowing, is usually better than that. Yes, it is usually better than not. Yeah, or or at least just being aware where the places are thin and seeing if there's ways you can, you know, being aware that this is convenient for you know maybe I mean not that it could be maybe it's not easy but just like the more can, you,
1: the more you can put yourself in your audience's yeah. shoes, the better. Yeah, and
0: especially when it comes to big reveals, because, and, because they want to be able to trust. Well, and the other thing is I feel like I want, I don't want entertainment to destroy people's logic. Mm. You know, I don't want entertainment to, where people turn off their logic brain and Mm. they just go with the flow. Mm. Yeah, I feel like while there are conventions in stories and plays and, and whatever, there should be still, you shouldn't have to turn off your brain to make it work. Yeah. So. Fair enough. All right, there we go. Oh, yeah, I'm doing the first soundtrack. Right. you are. All right. So um, I really had no idea what to do for soundtrack tonight, so there's no foreshadowing. Uh, but there is a theme. There is a theme. A theme song <laughs> for soundtrack. Oh, oh, sorry. Yes. Here there's we go. Soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> All right tim thank you for keeping me honest i am completely off my rocker now so <laughs> no. um but i thought since i was saying that you know making sure they're asking the question beforehand um the song of my remix is called lake in ontario is a question i don't know why it's a question we don't know what lake in ontario they're referring to um but this- it's Oh, God. There's not
1: much foreshadowing to this, honestly. <laughs> that's, that's a very loose uh, excuse. I'm,
0: I'm trying the best I have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, it's called Lake of Ontario, and it's a remix from Final Fantasy X, remixed by Ilpo, or it might be a zero at the end. It might be I-L-P-0. I'm not really sure at all. Uh, but I hope you enjoy. It is time now for the part you've all been waiting for. I wonder if Killing Times Tim gets the right sound going. <laughs> what Yeah. So, um, we have done What If for a while. This is the part of the show where we just make up something ridiculous and brainstorm what it would be like in real life. Um, not quite like the skixies thing, but that actually existed in real life. That's true. Which yeah.
1: that was a crackpots corner we decided. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was not exactly ours. Like
0: one what if was uh, our our favorite what if of all time <laughs> was if uh, Michael Bay directed Wizard of Oz. That was terrifying. But yeah. that was very What do you know what episode that is? If they want to go back and listen to that.
1: Uh, it's the action related one. The action it's like cap- movie one. Capers, pythons, and. Something. Okay. Oh, my. Oh, my.
0: Okay. Yeah. So we thought... um i some reason to get to my little pet peeves on this show a lot. I don't know why. I don't even have that many. But um, in honor of The Hobbit coming out soon, or Hobbit Part 2... The, the movie inspired by The, the Hobbit. The movie inspired by The Hobbit. Also including most other things in Middle Earth besides The Hobbit. Um, <laughs> and even more than the appendix have. Um, we thought we'd try to pick some other good classic... Books and see how many movies we would get out of those as well. So, so um, we were having a little trouble figuring out. We were trying uh, to figure this out during the soundtrack, <laughs> actually.
1: So this this will be a very alive episode of Dural Transit Alive as
0: we kind of d- figure this out. So, but you use it just as Tom Sawyer. Yeah. See, Tom Sawyer. Say it's a trilogy because it has to be at least a trilogy to oh, make yeah, money. Oh yeah, certainly. And yeah. then after
1: you follow that with you know the the, the sequel trilogy of Huckleberry, Huckleberry Finn, Finn, yeah. Which actually Huckleberry Finn. Well, it'd still be a stretch, but because you know, Huckleberry Finn has like multiple stories in it. Yeah, you can you, yeah. either one of them kind of do. Yeah. But I don't know if you can make... I mean, obviously, a whole movie would be just about Tom and Becky in the caves. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, that would be the last one.
1: Yeah, that'd be the fi- finale. Like, like the, the three hours the, of them in the caves. The long chase where their conflict with Injun Joe finally comes into <laughs> into the, it, to a head. And somehow there'd be dynamite in the cave, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, every other... Like, probably by the time you get to the third movie, you would know every... Person who lived in Tom Sawyer's yeah. hometown. Well, and, well. And each would have their own dramatic arc they go through what? as they were searching for Tom and Becky yeah, in the yeah, cave. Exa- yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I think
0: the second, the second movie though would have to, there'd be like a half hour where Tom Sawyer was dead, <laughs> and then like the entire like last fifteen minutes is him like rising from the dead and that funeral scene and all this, you know. So it's a very you know, and then like as it's fading out, there's Injun Joe, you know. <laughs> He's not dead either. He's,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like his, like, you, you know, you just see his foot stomp on the ground or something
0: So, like So, that. you know, because to hang a whole movie on lots of stories, you'd have to connect them, you know. So, mm-hmm. obviously, Becky would have to be a love interest.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. she
0: always sort of is. Yeah, yeah but... yeah, but, I mean, you have to really play it. Oh, right, right, right. You right. know, and probably have some other... Other girls that he you know. And
1: you know, and keeping with movie traditions, probably Tom and Becky would really be played by actors who are like nineteen, twenty. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: I almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> um and probably be well. And um his uh who does he live with, his aunt?
1: Aunt Polly, I believe. Yeah, she would
0: have to be uh played by, you know. Oh
1: some well, probably very...
0: Meryl Streep or,
1: well, or, no, or 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 um Sally Field maybe. Or who played
0: the McGonagall in the Harry Potter movies? I have no idea. Okay, I like her. Um, she's also in Downton Abbey. What is her name? Oh, that that old British lady. Yeah. Who's in Everything. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be British. I, why not? It's a great American novel. No wait,
1: you're not talking about Harriet Jones, Prime Minister. No, are not you? her. The other one. Oh, okay. The other old lady, who's yeah. in, British lady, who's in everything. Yeah, exactly besides Judy Dench. Yeah, we, we, let's get her. Okay. <laughs> Judy Dench in a uh, small town Mississippi. I I totally want to see that now actually. <laughs> but like the first movie, like
0: there would have to be a the, uh, the two hour long it had to, it would have to be focused around painting the picket fence. I mean that would be the central conflict.
2: <laughs>
0: so, wow. I'm trying to
1: I'm not sure how you stretch that one out. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm not sure. Well, he doesn't... He doesn't just want to... It.
2: Maybe, like, maybe no, it's like a it's whole... Like, it's
0: like Forrest Gump when he's getting, you know, a box of chocolate thing. So, uh-huh. like... Between him doing each post, there's like an entire story that runs away and then gets dragged back to it. Okay. So so, it, so it's called Tom Sawyer White Picket Fence, episode well, one. I
1: kind of imagine Tom Sawyer is eventually going to like organize all the children to this town in like this massive battle against the adults.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And at the end, the adults will all be like, oh, you're right. These kids were totally, you know, they knew yeah. what, what this is all about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but you knew at least one massive battle every. Movie, yeah, exactly. So first one between the, like the kids and the and, adults. and Tom Sawyer would have to have massive character growth, yeah. you know, over the right. time. Mm-hmm.
1: You'd go from like being a just this little lazy punk to to
0: like a like
1: a rich, well-informed lazy punk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. with a uh, you know with Becky hanging off his arm and all that. Yeah,
2: okay.
0: So, I think
1: so. That's the Tom Sawyer trilogy. Tom what, about,
2: Sawyer...
0: what about the Huck Finn trilogy? Huck Finn trilogy. Well, I think you spend. You spend the whole first movie with him and his dad, and there's his deep drama there. Ooh, okay. And then the end is when he gets away on the raft with. Okay. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like, town intrigue and maybe a murder mystery. Maybe yeah. his his dad killed someone. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I can see that I can see kind of the second movie being
1: sort of Huck wanders into this town that's become over, you know, controlled by this religious zealot. Mm-hmm. And you know, and so once again Huckleberry Finn is being oppressed by the man, this time the man is religion. Yeah. And you ah, have to I like that. So you have to overthrow
0: that. And then the third part obviously would be back with H- H- Tom Sawyer, mm-hmm. who's the the rich filth, filthy rich um well-informed lazy punk. Yeah. And he's being pushed down by his own kind. Yeah. Well. And and then, and then, then and then he he rises up and he steals all Tom Sawyer's people so he can combine them all into a six movie. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Six movie epic.
1: Epic. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I I almost want to see this. (laughs) The thing is, though, the the end of the end of well, it'll be tricky though because like. The end of the Huckleberry Finn, the whole saga thing. Not only are they like rising up against all these people, they're also like you know freeing the slaves. Yeah. So.
0: Well, maybe maybe
1: Tom Sawyer wants to keep the slave down. Yeah. He yeah because I mean, he's he's become like a white
0: capitalist. Yeah. With exactly. all his money. Oh, so oh, there we go. And there's nothing like some sort of you know race fight to really get a award to finish off this uh, sixth movie. Exactly. Epic. Boy, uh, our uh, our politics are sort far of as
1: <laughs> creeping in here, aren't they? <laughs>
0: okay, let's write one more
1: famous book. Um, you know, there. Did you know that Tom Sawyer? This is. I don't know. Well, maybe I don't know the story well enough to say what yeah. the movie would be like. But did you, did you know that? Mark Twain actually did write some sequels to... There's, like, he's a spy or something? He's, like, there's one where he's a detective. There's one that's, like, it takes on, like, this H.G. Wells sort of thing where they're in, like, an airplane or something that goes, that flies to Europe. Really? Yeah. I don't know that. I, I found it in the library ones. It's, I mean, it's. it sounds like something that Hollywood would come up with, but no, Mark Twain came up with it. Interesting. So I guess, you know. Well, well have, then you could have a nine movie. I mean, why yeah, not? Why not? Just milk it. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> <I've> <laughs> Tom never... Sawyer,
0: 27. <laughs> <laughs> it's like James Bond. I, but... Yeah, apparently, yeah.
1: I mean, milking your characters goes a long way back.
0: Apparently. Oh, yeah. No, certainly. certainly does. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I don't think, think Sherlock Holmes. I know. don't think there's any story, popular story, that has not been... Because <laughs> people want... They like they like to see their favorite characters over and over again. Oh, sure. And they want them doing different stuff, but not too different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know. Not too different. Okay, so what's another classic book that we can do? Classic book. I'm trying to not pick some random Dostoevsky or something. Because those could be three movies. <laughs> <I know>. So <laughs> Yeah. Well,
1: honestly, we were... Lord of the Rings could have been six movies. You no, know, no, it legitimately should have been six movies. Like, you could have done one for each book in each book. Yeah. Like,
0: and, and then well, two The movies. Hobbit could have been one. Yeah. <laughs> and we would have ended up with the same number instead of, you know, wanting to make six Lord of the Rings and then just putting The Hobbit name on <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not really that bitter, everyone. But because... Well, it's... Just... I, I'm very... Here's the thing. I'm very fond of The Hobbit because... I identify with Bilbo Baggins. I love the sort of, you know, the clumsy goes into it character. And I grew up on the Hobbit cartoon, which I still think is the most, I mean, it, it misses stuff, but it's very faithful to the book, honestly. And certainly, yeah, in terms of tone. In to- yeah, and in, in tone especially. And that, I, think, I think the tone bothers me more than the stuff that, it's missed Yeah. I mean it it's cool
1: that Peter Jackson wants to film the appendices to Lord of the Rings. But then
0: they should be something different. I mean, you know yeah. what? People wouldn't care. You could have said Lord of the Rings, you know, the fall of Gondor. Yeah. And you know, and no one but geeks would understand it, but they'd be like, Lord of the Rings, let's go. Yeah. You well, know, or Lord of the Rings, Legolas Lives. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and I wouldn't even have felt bad about it because no, no, because I mean, it would
1: have been a separate thing. I mean, I don't, I don't begrudge like all the Lord of the Rings video games that yeah. are out there, but if you're gonna if you're gonna call make a movie The Hobbit and say this is in the same
0: plateau as the previous Lord of the Rings movies, it's and not. And I think the tone is what bothers me more than anything. Like yeah. the best parts of the first one were when it was like, like the ho- bag end was awesome. Yeah, you know, and some of the other pieces that felt very Hobbit. You know, Bilbo Baggins ish. Mm. Um, I know someone, Someone people were telling me back, oh, uh, Tolkien was trying to rewrite it to be more like Lord of the Rings. And then I, I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. I'll go look it up. And apparently he did, except he stopped because everyone told him it didn't sound like The Hobbit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. yes. <laughs> he understood. <Yeah. laughs> Okay, okay so oh, sorry do <laughs> digress amazing on all trains of thought <laughs> funnily enough I, I'm not sure we actually go as derail no, as we often no, say we do no we'd like to play it up yeah okay so I don't know great Gatsby enough I would like to make that into three movies yeah well I don't know it at all really I was trying to think of one that we would or Hound of the Baskervilles do you know that
1: one uh, Talk little, about Sherlock Holmes. A little bit. Or... What about um, Hamlet?
0: Ha- oh, you know, I thought of Hamlet. Yeah, Hamlet is three... We could... Three... Mo- oh, okay. okay, so how many acts is it? It's... It's five acts. Okay, so you... Oh, five movies. But Yeah, <laughs> there we go. And the thing with Hamlet is though while nothing happens in Hamlet, because he can't ever make a decision, yeah. <laughs> you would have to make a lot happen with nothing happening to make the movies work. Mm. What if... I'm sort of picturing...
1: I'm kind of picturing Hamlet going, like going through you know all his ruminations, all his indecisions, while like while
0: on a like in a war zone. Well, or, because the, there's warriors coming, so we need to have what you need is all the characters, you know, Laertes and Ophelia and his dad before he died. I mean, here's the thing: you're gonna need massive amounts of flashbacks every time he's ru- he's ruminating mm, yes, and doing stuff. Yes. Just you know, like. Thirty minutes of flashback about his dad and his mom and the wars they fought and all this stuff. Uh-huh. Um, you know when he picks up York's skull. You know you need a twenty-minute flashback of him and York when he was a kid. Right. Um, I mean, basically, it's sort of like you wouldn't even really have to change the story much. You're just adding things. You just it. adding math. Mass- yeah. It's, it's like well, it's, you you need to have some very steamy scenes between him and Ophelia before she goes oh, to Hungary and stuff like that. True. True. But I mean, it's it's
1: like what uh, your sister was saying the other day about. Uh, pride and prejudices and zombies yeah you, just, you use the original text you just add you know yeah like there and then there was an explosion and
2: one well, and, yeah. and then
0: at the end you know and for a last movie when you know basically everyone dies in hamlet oh yeah but you know they do it in like this you know it's a stages of this it's like duel you know it's poison, kind of poison it's, it's kind of lame. so what you do you have to do it you do the same sort of poison and duel, but you have it on the battlefield so yeah. you have like thousands of people and you you know you have that scene about About an hour in where the both armies are running at each other, screaming. There's that music, and they hit each other and clash. And then, you know, there's all this fighting with characters that were made up for the movie. Uh And they die or live or both. Right. And then finally Hamlet gets and meets uh, Ford and Brass or whoever it is. And they fight, and then, you know... Yeah, I, I think that's, that's yeah. going to be happening. And you can have poison going on and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Mm, sure, sure. Well, and you should probably, you know, you probably need some people from, you know, like when they have the play in mm. Act 3 or oh, 4, yeah. I think it's 3, you need to have, you know, the play within play can be an entire... Separate movie. Oh yeah, it could be a movie of its own. It could be a spinoff. It could be a TV series. Oh, there you go. It It could be about the actors go and do these plays, and it'd be like you know, Agents of (laughs) Shield, but it's like the Players of Hamlet. (laughs) The play's a thing. The play's the thing. That's probably that's a tagline. Like, and and they're they're doing no. Here's the thing. No, skip that. You know, do the Hamlet movies, but then you have the plays. You know, the Players of Hamlet or the Players of Denmark, I guess. Yeah. Um, something's rotten in Denmark. <laughs> I was waiting for uh, no. it. I <laughs> know. And then, but here's the thing. They do plays, but they're actually secret agents doing, doing undercover. Oh, they're stealing Intel nice. during it. So I it's like it. the plays, like the it. thing. So it's the cover uh-huh. and that'd be a great TV show. I would watch and that. And Hamlet could come on every once in a while and just kind of talk and not do anything. And they could leave. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be awesome. Complain about how they messed up his, uh, his And Rosencrantz and Guildenstern could be like, like, um... Rosencrantz-Gildenstern could be the Colson of that show. Yes. Okay. Okay, so you do the movies, and I'll do the TV show. We'll be rich. We'll be set. We'll be set. (laughs) All right. You're on a roll tonight. I am on a roll tonight. (laughs) Well... I know Hamlet pretty well, so yeah. that helped. <laughs> <laughs> I know Hamlet, but, I mean, not, we, probably not that well. That, oh, my English teacher, we spent like a month and a half on it, and it sank in pretty good. Okay. well, so. that's, that's And then watched Tenet like a year ago, which helped. Yeah. That yeah. It's, it's actually a remarkably good play. Yeah. Oh, it, it definitely. Is. I would like to, on a related, unre- related note, I'd like <laughs> to watch King Lear sometime. Because I didn't study that one, but we I had read it for a class, and we just talked about it for like a day. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty interesting too, with him yelling at the storm and the gesture and everything. I need to catch up on some shit. Well, funny, f- I haven't read anything since college. I would like to go back and read some of them. <laughs> yeah, I'd like, probably like them better now. In high
1: school, I did, I did, because you know everyone's supposed to read like two in high school. I I wound up reading two that I don't think as many people, nearly as many people re- read. I did uh, Julius Caesar and uh, The Taming of the Shrew.
0: You know, I've seen Taming of the Shrew several times. I have never. Read any of the histories?
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Julius Caesar is, uh, I can't say it was the first one I read, so I can't say it stuck with me as much as Taming the Shrew because we did a whole class on Taming the Shrew. Julius Caesar, I just read, yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, there's certainly, I mean, you always remember A2 you know, Brute,
0: yeah, and all that good stuff. Yeah, w- War Shakespeare would be a good thing to read, but I, you know, I've read, I read some of the comedies and some of the draw, most of the big dramas, I never read like. What's the one that's on the island?
1: Um,
0: oh, *Midsummer's Night's Dream*. No, that's a comedy. Oh, okay. I don't think this one. Anyways, I forget now. I'll I'll kick myself later. I mean, the but, other one that like everybody has read is *Macbeth*, and I don't think I've read. Yeah, I read Ma- I *Macbeth*. So I thought thought that was good. Um, but yeah, *Hamlet* and *King Lear* are my favorites currently. So. Okay. All right. So. Well, I think that's probably so, good enough. So yeah, so you can do it
1: with anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, you know one. One that I, that they have turned into a two sort of a two movie thing, Treasure Island. A two movie thing? Well, I saw it on Netflix once. I, I I actually only watched the one part of it, but they they did like the one part was
0: just getting to the island, and the second part was okay. All the islands. You know, stuff. and here's the thing: we're a little more forgiving of making TV s- mini series. Yeah, like you know, Pride and Prejudice. It's six hours or five and a half hours or whatever. Right. You know, and that makes sense. But then you're or Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, Anne of Green Gables. You know, that makes sense to me. And I, don't, I think I would have been fine with making The Hobbit two two movies. Three seems an
1: awful lot. Three, yeah, three is... I,
0: like right two, left when left they hand. said two originally, I'm like, okay, that way you can get everything in. Mm-hmm. But they get more than everything in, and they have to make major character, major... Like the, people complain that Tolkien doesn't do much character development. But yeah, that's right. the, that story. Yeah. I mean, it's an adventure story. You don't have to make it... Make it what it is, and not what it isn't. Yeah, I guess. it's
1: a different tradition. It's yeah. a different tradition than the modern one. It's it's unfortunate when people feel like they have to make everything modern now. Yeah, like
0: I mean, I can see update, but you're already gonna have. There's already you're already fighting spiders and dragons and War of Five. You know, I fully expect the War of Five armies to last. Yeah. Talk about unnecessary or, foreshadowing or you know
1: connections. Uh, that whole connection thing with the whatever that orc or the the oh, goblin yeah. or whatever it is that has the hook hand that is going after uh, a
0: Thorin. That's, yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. It does, we don't. I mean, I guess it will add some sort of emotional end at the. You know, they're always trying on action movie. There's not this action movie, and I'm going to something else. But action movies, they always want to make some emotional thing at the end, and sometimes they pull out the weirdest thing to make it like. <laughs> Oh I really feel bad at this point. I'm really connected to this person I just met five hours ago. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, so okay, I bear we're rambling. so yeah, we are rambling a bit. So um, contact info. All right,
1: you can always visit us on our website derailedtrainsofthought.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, leave us a comment. You can email us at derailedtrains at gmail.com, which I have not checked lately no (laughs) we keep saying we really do have an email address we really do i
1: i looked at it a while ago but yeah i think i might have checked it since the last one i think about it um and then uh there's also the itunes we are on itunes so subscribe to us we would love you to subscribe this episode will hopefully come out later this week uh
0: share us with all your friends and relatives and dogs enemies yeah
1: Oh, if you don't like it, I guess. <laughs> Share it with them anyway.
0: Maybe it'll do them some good. You love your enemies.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Keep burning coals in their head. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, so for my soundtrack today, I'm hoping I didn't pick this one because this is an old uh, OC remake. It back to 2001, so it's like 12 years old. Wow. Yeah. I remember like early on when it came out, I think. Yeah. It, I I picked this one, because uh, it starts it sort of starts off with a skit. This guy's like going through radio station and he's listening to. Uh, it turns out each radio station has some Mega Man, which is what this song is from this song is called needles if i didn't mention that before and it's from mega man 3 it's a ridiculously fun song it is a very fun song and he's like tuning it you know hearing some conventional things see i i went with i said say conventional because i thought that was more the direction we were going to go with and we wound up doing more i I thought we were going to talk more about cliches okay yeah and we wound up talking about something else but anyway so it doesn't really fit but (laughs) it's a fun song anyway so i hope you'll enjoy it our theme today is things that don't fit (laughs) well music wise anyway yeah you pick it's a tricky topic uh, yes i did <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any idea what we're gonna do next time i have an idea actually oh you have an idea okay cool. yeah i kind of have that idea too but we'll, okay we'll take yours next since i just did well we'll we'll talk about okay. it we'll see we'll figure out which one works best for end of the year type okay. stuff oh mine be, doesn't work the End of the year it'll be a idea. december sort of oh thing. that's true so all right anywho this has been your old trains of thought uh nick what's the most improbable way that we will leave here uh via um spaghetti strainer Okay, well, we'll see what happens. So this has been Tim. This has been Nick. And we will see you next time. Adios. Hey,
2: man, it ain't no party without any music. Turn on the radio, huh?
1: Are you sure you want me to turn it on? All I get is AM radio. Oh, oh yeah, I Come on.
2: Okay. Whatever. Okay, guys. Just to stop. Oh, come
1: on, let's okay, yeah. Latino Radio, here we are. we are. And this Blues Muston. And because I me it so much, a tocar talk about another Y And this es is a collaboration. Pues abran las orejas para Nightcap del Norte, Nate Cloudy Mustin, Needles.